بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد my dear brothers and sisters Alhamdulillah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us opportunities to learn about his religion And these opportunities are important because what we learn about the religion and what we do or not do affects our eternal life. If you have an opportunity to learn about this dunya, which is also good, alhamdulillah, what we do and don't do will affect this life. The duration of this life is fixed and the duration of this life is temporary and short. Whereas the duration of the life in the hereafter is forever. The question is, do we take advantage? Do we use those opportunities? The tragedy is that when it is for things about the dunya, we will take the time and the trouble and we pay money and we go here, we go there, we travel. But when it is opportunities for to learn about the akhirah, to learn about what to do, which will help us forever, we don't want to make any effort. Khair, mushkila, because at the end of the day, it is our life. If I learn, it benefits me. If I don't learn, it doesn't benefit me. That's it. For the last three, four days, I've been talking about the importance of learning Islam systematically. Follow the process. Not randomly from this place, that place, this video, that video, this YouTube, that YouTube. But follow the process. And one of the issues, for example, as I mentioned I think yesterday's or today this morning, the Fajr Mahesh would have come to you this morning, the Fajr reminder, that somebody sent me an email, said that he quoted a hadith and he said, it is confusing me. So I said, how did you find this hadith? He said, I was reading Lu'ulu al-Marjan. I don't know how many of you have heard this. Have you heard this name? Lu'ulu al-Marjan? No. You heard. Okay. Lulu al-Marjan is a book of selected hadith from Bukhari and Muslim. Very good book, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. So you might say, well, what is wrong with, with reading Lulu al-Marjan? Nothing wrong, except that to be able to understand Lulu al-Marjan, what is in it, or Bulu al-Maram, for example, another one, Hafiz Ibn al-Hajar al-Asqarani, rahmatullahi his uh, kitab. To, to be able to understand these books, you need to have a certain set of fundamental knowledge. Otherwise, you will confuse yourself and everybody else. Now, I'll give you an example. In Bukhari, there is a Shaykh Hadith. A man came to Nabi Sallallahu and he said, Ya Rasulullah, I have committed a great sin. Rasulullah asked him, what did you do? 
He said, I was fasting. Right? I was fasting. And suddenly I had this great desire to be with my wife. And so I had a relationship with her. In the fasting. Now what shall I do? Fast is broken, obviously. But what shall I do? What is the kafara? Expiation of this sin. It's a major sin. Rasulullah said, free one slave. The man said, yeah, Rasulullah, I am a poor man. Where do I have a slave? I don't have any slaves. Listen carefully to the hadith, right? He said, I don't have any slaves. So Rasulullah said to him, then feed 60 people. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I am a poor man. I am able to barely feed myself, my family. How will I feed 60 people? I have no wealth. So Rasulullah said to him, fast for 60 days continuously. He said, one day's fast did this to me, 60 days. <laughs> so Rasulullah he, laughed when this man said this. He said, go wait. So he went and sat down. Now he's sitting there with his head in his hand. He, he's genuinely sorry. I mean, he did something, right? On the mom, spur of the moment, he's genuinely regretful. He's making his taqwar and tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa He's sorry. Sometime passed. Somebody came into the masjid. They brought one big basket of dates. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, this is sadaqah. Please give it to whoever you like. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to people, where is that man? So they called him. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to him, here, take these and feed 60 people. That man said, Ya Rasulullah, I am the most miskin of all the masakin. You want me to take this and feed 60 masakin? I am the most miskin of all the masakin. I am. <laughs> Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam laughed and said, okay, you take it and eat it. Now, here is a hadith, Sahih Hadith, right? There is absolutely nothing wrong with Hadith, Sahih Hadith. Now, now, may Allah protect you and me. If somebody is fasting and he does this thing and he says, I have the dalil to say that I must now eat well for 60 days. This is my kafar. <laughs> and you say, my brother, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? Are you mad? He said, no, I have Hadith. I have a hadith from Bukhari to say that I can eat 60, eat nicely for 60 days. Or eat dates for 60 days. Inna lillahi wa inna You see what I'm getting at? Randomly picking something from somewhere and extracting one hukum from that, this is halaka. This is halaka. This is death. This is horrible. Istambadul Ahkam, which is the extraction of hukum from the Kitab of Allah, from the Sunnah of Rasulullah is not a game. It is not something for ordinary people who do not have the knowledge to do it on their own. I pick up one hadith from somewhere and I make my own hukum and I am living my life and somebody says, well, like, how are you? For example, how are you praying like this? It's a very funny way of praying. No, no, I have a hadith. Please, my brothers and sisters, don't do 
don't harm yourself this deen is not a game right hadith will be right nothing wrong with hadith but except that the way you are understanding that no so what must you do you need to learn usul hadith first before you touch any kitab before you touch any book of hadith learn the usul of hadith how should you approach hadith for example if you before you read quran what do you do you learn the usul of tajweed al quran what tajweed is pronunciation how to make the correct sound right we read we, we problem is people don't even do that so when you learn to read quran you just read any way you like and then you make mistakes but ideally correctly speaking what must you do first and foremost is you learn the tajweed of the quran when you are reading the qaida when you are reading the huruf what are the makharij how is the harf harf how is it to be pronounced and so on all this is the fundamental basic you can't say no no i know i want to recite in warsh you will recite in warsh one day you will recite in hafs one day you will recite in whichever riwayah but before you get there you have to learn how to pronounce the letters of the of arabic especially with relation to quran today one of the big problems and, and you know ajib when i was growing up if you wanted to learn quran you went to an ustad you sat with the ustad he taught you the he taught you tajweed then you read with him and then if you wanted tafsir you went to the, the same ustad or somebody else and they taught you tafsir taught you the usul and then they taught you the tafsir and so on. it was a long process today on this phone i have six tafsir <laughs> so if i want just go this this is okay now i know the meaning khalas now i will make hukum i am now instant mufti right free mufti ha urdu mein muft ke kya kya maane free so mufti is the one who is free ha inna lillahi wa inna ilaihi raji it's not so funny it is not funny we just take one ayah from somewhere and then you sit and make this long oh you know this is what it means therefore this is halal that is haram inna lillahi wa inna ilaihi raji please do not do this harm to yourself and to others read the quran read the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam for yourself understand them for yourself apply them on yourself if you have a doubt go to somebody who who knows ask them clarify your doubt apply it on yourself don't go and tell it to somebody else don't go and teach somebody else because you do not have the authority to do that to close i'll give you another example to illustrate this say a man is accused of murder right so he is brought by the police they have a case they present the case before the high court judge and the high court judge he pronounces a death sentence this man is to be executed because he is a murderer but the high court is not the highest court in the land the highest court in the land is the supreme court so now the man goes appeals to the supreme court so in the supreme court when the evidence is seen this evidence is overturned because the police have not got the right evidence there is more evidence so on so forth so therefore this man now in the supreme court is freed he is he is not a murderer he did not commit the murder he is free what do you think do you think they will do anything to the high court judge who pronounced that first sentence of execution of death yes or no you don't know the law right they won't why but why 
That's his job. He is working within the purview of his authority. Given the evidence that came before him, he did his job. He is not God, right? He is not God. He does not know everything. So whatever was brought before him, he did his job. If he was right, he was right. Alhamdulillah, if he is wrong, okay, so he was wrong. That is why Rasulullah said, the mujtahid, the one who has the authority to make ishtihad, the one who has the authority to make a decision in deen, if he is correct, Allah will give him two hasanat. If he is wrong, Allah will give him one hasana for making the effort. Does that apply to me? I don't know about you. Definitely does not apply to me. That's why I never make ishtihad. I never give you pronouncements. I never make fatwa. That's not my job. Right? So, this is one case. Judge pronounces judgment. Judgment is overturned. High court. Second case. A policeman or you yourself, you see the man, you know, okay, this man, I know he is a murderer. I, I have evidence that this person is a murderer. So, I pull out my gun, I shoot the man. Now, what will happen? So, I get caught. I go to court. I tell the judge, look, I did you a favor. I did a favor to the whole state because I saved you all the trouble of catching the man, finding the evidence, jailing him, all the expense, what not. I finished everything. In, so give me a medal, right? What will they say? Am I right or wrong? Wrong. Why? I am not above the... It is not my job. It is not the purview of my authority. Even though I am correct in the sense of my judgment was right. This man is a murderer. But even though my judgment is right, I am the one who is going to get hanged for murder instead of that guy because I acted outside the purview of my authority. Believe me, this is going to happen to people who sit around and make these pronounce, uh, pronouncements and you know about this and that in the deen. This is halal, that is haram. If you do not have the authority before Allah, and believe me, it's not a matter of saying, I have a degree from this one. That It's your question of, does in, before Allah, do you have the authority? If you do not have the authority before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fear Allah, believe me. Fear Allah anyway, but in this case, definitely, please, don't do this to yourself. Do not pick one hadith from here, one ayat from there, and extract some ruling and, and make pronouncements. That is not our job. Let us read with the idea of understanding and applying ourselves and improving ourselves, do not make pronouncements for other people. Right? We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us and guide us on the path that leads, leads to His mercy and to His pleasure and save us from that which is harmful for us.